You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. everybody welcome to this edition of god stories radio this is session 321 and i'm fritz and she's not here she's at school so i've got my good buddy john durham sitting in the seat over there what's going on everybody good what to be here is tonight. going on tonight or as i like to say at our podcast at war podcast what up man how we doing there we go <laughs> there we go and considering we will be uh targeting the men tonight well, uh, that's a good target that's uh something we could talk about for days no joke that is no joke john welcome thank you for coming to god stories radio my good friend and host of the war the are we ready podcast and if you're serious about your walk with christ and and being a man check them out well thank you i appreciate that shameless plug there shameless plug by me (laughs) i'm excited to be here blessing. And uh, I just look forward to the topic we're going to talk about tonight because it's one of the things that's kind of near and dear to my heart. It's really based around men. And that's kind of kind of where God's put me when it comes to men's ministry and being involved with men and trying to help men grow and to do and to be better. And and hopefully they, they do the same for me, you know? Well, I kind of thought it was time to introduce you on this platform because uh, I enjoy your podcast immensely. And it's not for the faint at heart, you know. If you... Yeah, we're a little we're a little bit of a different flavor than than God Stories Radio, but I think that the the meat of it all is kind of the same thing. We're trying to encourage men to be the best version of themselves, to step outside of themselves, and to to do, recognize the responsibility it is to be a man and, and what what comes with that, and the blessing that it is to be a man and to be a father and to be a husband. And I know that we live in a culture today where. That's not celebrated the way that it should be, in my opinion. Truth. But, but I do think that it's, you know, that it, the, one of the greatest things I know that I have ever personally done has been a, been a, a father and, and a husband. And so uh, our, our, our goal is always to, to build guys up. I mean, we do like to hit the topics that are, that are out there in, in our culture, and we want to make sure that we, we, we make sure that we don't shy away from certain things. But at the end of the day, it's about, okay, what can we do to be better and to do better as men? Amen. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of different things and then try not to be here a couple of hours. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I really don't know where to start, John. I know that we talked uh, briefly before the podcast and we were going over some statistics, which are just uh, unbelievable. Well, they, they're alarming. <laughs> they're, they, they're alarming. And but sometimes the, you got to go through the bad, right, to get to the good, right? And that's kind of, when you look at these statistics, that's kind of, unfortunately, it's where you got to start, right? That is where you got to start. And according to fathers.com, 
which is a great uh, website for information on fatherhood. They have a lot of national uh, uh, census reports and uh, population reports, U.S. Census Bureau. And the one that got me was, uh, uh, according to the Census Bureau, the 72.2% of the U.S. population is fatherless, is the most significant family or social problem facing America. And that is uh, I just, an absolutely heartbreaking statistic. And unfortunately, the way that our culture is going, and the, the secular side of our culture anyway, it's, it's going to be under, on a trajectory that's only going to get worse because we don't celebrate men and we don't celebrate fathers the way that we should, should in our culture and in our country today. And, and, you know, I think that that's one of the biggest battles that men face is, you know, it used to be celebrated to be a father. You know, that used to be yeah, it was a big deal. It, it was a big deal. It was an honor to be a father. And uh, today, for whatever reason, that's not celebrated. And we've gotten this, this mindset that we don't need fathers, you know, and that women can raise children. They don't need fathers. You know, they, they can do it on their own. Unfortunately, if you go back and you look at history and the way things have kind of panned out, in some regards, men are to blame for that because there have been so many men in, in the past that have not stepped up to being the fathers that they should be. I could see that. Um, and, you know, because of that, it's, you know, we've put women, unfortunately, in a very tough position um, because they're, they're trying to make up for the lack thereof. So they either overcompensate with too much love and too much nurturing, or they're either too hard, you know? And right, so sure. And either way you've got based upon these statistics, 70 something percent of young men are being raised by women. Yeah. And also it says, uh, students in grades one through 12, 39% or 17.7 million in the U S live in homes absent of their biological fathers. Wow. Wow. And if you stay, I bet if you looked at that statistic back in the fifties and the sixties, it would be fl flipped. You know what I mean? Well, it was because um, uh, back in 1960 to present, uh, among children who are part of the post-war generation, 87.7% grew up with two biological parents who were married to each other. Today, only 68.1% will spend their entire childhood in an intact family. Wow. And that crazy. my heart. I mean, it's, what have we done? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not laughing. It's not funny. And no. it's, it's almost like a nervous laughter. It's, it's scary. I mean, what have we done? I mean, right. As a, as a, as a culture and as a nation, what have we done in America? I mean, I think that as we move forward into more and more social media and, and, and the technology and things, it's only going to get worse. And we see that we're seeing that, that as we move forward, that's what's happening. And it's unfortunate. It's heartbreaking. It is. There's too many forms of, or too many avenues of being able to be checked out. Well, when, and then that's the other thing you talk about checked out. I mean, how many homes today that have fathers, right? Are the there fathers checked out? I mean, A they're bunch. there, but they aren't there. Right. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're providing maybe financially, but are they there providing spiritually? Are they there providing, um, you know, emotionally? Are they there vocationally? I mean, you know, there used to be a generation of fathers that were passing on, like, 
skills and family tradition and all these different things. And we've lost that in our culture. You know, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, there was just, you know, you know, I grew up in, in Massachusetts and like all my Portuguese friends, my fathers were all carpenters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They all worked carpentry. And it was like a family tradition that that's what they did. They, they built and framed houses. And it, and it was just generational. We don't see that anymore. We don't even see that. When you think about that, think about just the, on the female side of things where girls were brought up to cook and had family recipes and things of that nature. And we've lost that in our culture today too. Where that's not something that we do. That's no the generational thing, the traditional thing, the family, the history. We're losing a lot of that in our, in our country and in our culture today. And unfortunately, the ones that are suffering are the children. Oh yeah, big time. You know, I mean, there's something to be said about. Well, when I mean, I don't know if you, I don't think you got any st- the statistics on this, but we've covered in our podcast. You know, eighty percent of people, men in prisons are for fatherless homes. Yes. You know, they say that the the graduation rate or the educational side of things, people graduating high school is drastically dropped when there's not two parents in the home. I mean, they, these things have a everlasting effect on children and, and the way that they're going to deal with things in society. And it's, it's funny because uh, I was talking to you about this earlier and I've had this conversation with other men, you know, being a father is one of the most rewarding, yet one of the most painful things you're ever going to do in your life. Oh, absolutely. Because you have to be completely selfless as a father. You really do. And, you know, um, your children will hurt your feelings. <laughs> I mean, one way or the other. I mean, it, it's it, not it, if, it's when. Yeah, it's There's when. No I mean, it. It's going to happen. You know, and when you're a dad, you can't get caught up in yourself. It's It's got to be about them, right? And so... The problem that we face in the culture we live in today, it's a, the me culture. And, and it's hard to put somebody above yourself. And we have men today that don't want to have children or have children, don't want to be fathers because they're more important to themselves than they are to their kids. You know, wow. and that's, it's a, it's a sad thing to say, but it's the truth. Whereas, it is the truth. Whereas, you know, the definition of true love is selflessness, right? We see that in the word, you know, God is talks about being selfless. I mean, the ultimate sacrifice was him putting his son on the cross, you know, uh, to pay, pay the debt for our sins. What a selfless act was that? And yet, you know, one of the greatest examples of being a father, what's a father going to do for his children? We gives, what's he going to give everything in the word? It says, you know, if a child asked for a fish, what father would give it a snake? Right. You know, I mean, it's just, these are just givens. And it even says, you know, to the degree that, you know, even the pagans know how to love, you know, I mean, you know, uh, being a father is just a universal thing, right? Right. It's, it's like an automatic that you know that you're a provider, you're a protector, you're a lover, you, you know, you're a teacher, you're a mentor. And we, as, as I said earlier, we've lost that to some degree. And because of that, we've got men that are checked out and the ones that are suffering are the children. Always. And it's interesting you say that, too, because the last thing that was on my stat list, it says, uh, you've heard about the crisis of fatherlessness and the negative consequences for children and for our society. Even if you are an involved dad, until we are successful, your children and grandchildren will be growing up in a culture of absent fathers 
and unfathered children, they will be affected. Oh, they're going to be influenced. Think about it. You send your child off to school and that child is surrounded by a bunch of fatherless children that don't have the same structure, don't have the same uh, beliefs, maybe don't have the same uh, discipline, don't have the same expectations. They're going to be influenced. And if you don't have that core, that set of core values or that pillar in your home, such as the father, when they come home, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to bang it. It's like Jurassic Park, right? They're going to test the fence. <laughs> That's right? the truth. They're going to test the fence. And so they're going to keep banging against that fence. And, they, and, and you know, they're going to, until they get tired of getting zapped. Well, unfortunately, if you don't have a father in the home, a lot of times they don't get zapped. They just keep busting through. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's an unfair expectation to put on women. Yes. You know? And, you know, it, there's nothing wrong. I can't be a mother, right? I can't be a mother. Right. You know, contrary to what the world and culture is trying to tell us today, I cannot be a woman or a mom. Okay. But a woman can't be a father either or a man. Right. And we need men to raise men. And, and that's just, that's just the facts. I mean, and it's biblical. There's, there's a, there's a, there's certain roles that a man and a woman uh, meet in a relationship. And that's for a reason. God designed it that way for a reason. And you know, moms are typically lovers and nurturers and, you know, carers and all that stuff. And men are protectors and, and disciplinarians and they're, they give direction and, you know, all this. That, that's not to say that the father can't be nurturing, that the father can't be loving because we can. But typically our nature is, is, you know, holding the line and making sure people are doing what they got to do so that we can be as a family, be a productive uh, members in to society, you know, to be contributors. And if you don't have that, that pillar of strength in the home, it's very easy to go in the other direction. Man, so true. Hey, we want to welcome everybody on Mixler tonight, listening live. You dialed into a good one tonight. Joe Ormsby, welcome. He says, preach. Both roles are critical to uh, balance development. And um, uh, Robert Herman says, it's good to hear you, John. Hey, Robert, how you doing, brother? So good to have all you guys on with us tonight. Uh, John was so kind to come in and uh, talk with me about this. It's been something that's been burning on my heart for quite some time. And that's just, um, and, and it's really close to home for me because I, I married into a mixed marriage and my wife's got two boys. And oftentimes, you know, we've had that conversation. She's like, where did I go wrong? And I said, well, you can't be both. Yeah, you can't. You can't be the father. Well, she didn't go wrong because she shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place. Correct. It's an unfair and unrealistic expectation. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, you take in your situation or other men that come into mixed families do it. It makes it very difficult to try to be a father to boys that haven't had a father or daughters that haven't had a father. And, you know, that role trying to come in and fill that role, it's difficult. But, you know, it's one of those things I tell a lot of guys when we talk and I say, you know, you have to understand this is going to be the fight of your life. You know, I, me personally, I'm on the other side of it kind of a little bit now because yeah. my son's 23 and my daughter's 21 and I'm kind of like, whoo, wiping my brow, getting this one I can breathe for about a minute. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something, man. There was a number of years that it was a constant battle, a constant battle. And, and there were times I was exhausted. I was frustrated. I felt I, like I was alone. I felt that I was fighting this thing by myself because even those even those of you those that are listening tonight that that have you know husbands and wives and families 
there's still that battle that happens because oh, absolutely. anytime you mix people from different backgrounds and, 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 and you know, people that grew up differently, uh, different social status, economic, economic status, cultural status, you know, there's just a lot of things that get brought into a relationship. And there were times, I'm going to be quite honest, that my wife and I didn't agree on everything. And we, we had different views or opinions on what we thought was best for our children. And, you know, as, as a husband, you better be ready to fight that fight. Absolutely. Because one of the greatest battles you're ever going to face is within the four walls of your home. As a man, there are going to be times you're going to fight your wife and your kids. And it, I'm not saying that in derogatory. And sometimes sense. you feel like the minority. Right. But you got to hold the line, right? One of the things that we say in our podcast is if you compromise, you lose. <laughs> Big time. And, you know, I, I'll make sure that I clarify what I'm saying here, like I always do on our podcast. I'm not saying you should never compromise. That's not what I'm saying. But when you compromise what you know to be true and what you know to be right, you lose. And, and you know, just, just I can give a quick example if we real quick uh social media phones when my my kids were first at the age of being able to get a phone i was not a big proponent of social media i was like no they're too young they don't need to have snapchat they don't need to do this my wife on the other hand she was like well you know i don't see what the big deal is you know because i guess snapchat back then the dog ears and the the, you know they, they all thought it was cute and funny and i tried to explain to her honey they use these things for other things you know and (laughs) Oh no, you always you always think that the worst and blah 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 blah. And and I compromised and I and I I pulled back and I I said, okay, I caved when I shouldn't have. And because I did, it, it caused major issues with my son. And there are some of you people that are folks that are listening tonight, you got young teenage boys, you'll you know what I'm saying. You don't you're not, you know, on it and you're not <laughs> on top of that. They get away from it real quick. Mm-hmm. And and it caused issues. I mean, there were times we struggled with, you know, music. What was the right type of music for our children to listen to? What kind of music uh, movies should they be able to watch? And, you know, I always kind of led towards more being more conservative. And my wife was always kind of a little bit more like, what's the big deal? But over the course of time, I think that we came to a place where she realized that she was a little bit too far the other way. And it did have an effect, a negative effect on our kids to some degree. Now, I didn't have, you know, heathens or anything like that but you could see where the culture was seeping in oh yeah you could see where the influencers are coming in you know and and you go what's going on and you start thinking well they're listening to this they're watching this they're they're looking at this they're you know they're they're being subjected to this i mean these things happen you know and so it's a constant battle as as a father you have to be willing to fight the fight and it's not something that just stops it's it's continual I know that you uh, have experienced this. I have certainly experienced this. But the the culture that you're speaking about causing it causes an imbalance in the family. And then the man starts to feel like the minority. Yes. And that's where I the uh the checkout comes in or can lead to that to it, somebody that's really not committed. Yeah, and you know one of the things I I'll just say that, you know, there's a difference between being a father and trying to be a good father. Mm. And if you're wanting to be a good father, you better be ready to fight. And I don't mean fight your wife or get, you know, I'm saying you better be ready to fight for what you know and you're convicted by. Because you're going to fight. It's going to be, it's going to be a constant battle and you better be ready to do it. You better pull up your sleeves and be ready to do what it takes to make it happen. 
Donnie says, ask yourself, this is what you're doing with your kids line up with God's word. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, that is a given, my friend. That's a given, but I'll also say this. I mean, some things are easier said than done, right? Well, true. I mean, you meet a lot of families. I've met a lot of great families that have been, uh, you know, that go to the church and they're godly families and they're involved and do all these other things. But we also have to remember this, that God gives us the power of free will. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some great families have some kids just turn out, whatever, you know, <laughs> and they've had great experiences. They've been loving. They've been kind. I mean, you you look at Adam. God gave him everything in that garden. He even gave him Eve, right? And then what did, what did Adam do? He partook of the fruit of the one tree he told him not to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So people go, well, why, why does God allow these things to happen? Well, it's free will. It's a very powerful thing. Free will is very powerful. Well, and that's a good, and that's a good uh, analogy of being steadfast right. in your decisions and yeah. what you stand for. Because if Adam had been steadfast and what he believed and what he stood for, wouldn't have happened. Well, here's the other thing, too. If you want to be a good father, you've got to learn to say, I screwed up. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hello. I, I, did, I did it wrong. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I've had situations with my kids where I've, I've made mis- uh, decisions and I, they, were, they weren't the right ones. And if you're going to be a man, you've got to be able to go and tell your kids, hey, dad screwed up. I shouldn't have allowed you to look at that or I shouldn't have allowed you to play with that or go see that movie or whatever. We're not doing that anymore, right? And I think that that's a thing where men got to understand too, that just because you make a mistake doesn't mean it's over. You know, like you don't just stop being a dad because, well, I screwed it up once. So now it's all screwed up forever. No, you've got to keep pushing and go, you know what? Recognize the mistakes that you make and, and get better from it. You know, we're, we're learning how to be parents, right? When you have children, I mean, nobody is, you know, a, you know, a, a seasoned parent when they first have a child. <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, you're not going to be a seasoned father when you first have your first child. You're, you're going to learn. That's why the, the first one, you fall around and you do everything and, you know, you don't want to touch this and doing that. And the second one comes along, you're like, ah, it'll be all right. She'll be all right. He'll change right. a diaper with one hand, man. They're not even saying cottage. They'll, ba- they'll bounce back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas before, you know, you're, 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 you're all over the place just trying to right. make sure that something doesn't happen. But you learn from your mistakes, and you got to own your mistakes. Is that vulnerability uh, towards the kids, is, is that a good thing? I think it's the most powerful thing you can have as a father. I thought you might say that. Because what you're teaching your children is that even dad makes mistakes, and when he makes mistakes, he owns them. Mm. And so at the end of the day, when you apologize to your son or your daughter because you know what you've done is not right, you're teaching them. That humility is important in a relationship. Doesn't matter what position you're in. I think sometimes we get this. Well, I'm the dad. I'm always right. No, mm. <laughs> no, you ain't always right, bro. <laughs> That's know, a dangerous spot. Do as I say, not as I do. Right? Yeah. Kids are gonna do what you do, not not necessarily do what you say. Hundred percent. They're gonna mimic what you do. Hundred percent. They're gonna want to be like their dad. And when you look over at them, they're doing something. You go, where do they get that from? You go, oh my goodness. Oh. Like my daughter, she's 21 years old now, and she's just like her father. She's got a mouth on her, and she doesn't. She's not afraid to use it. She's, you know, 
she can be a little condescending and a little cocky, you know, and I go, Oh geez, you know, where'd she get that? <laughs> of course I blame her mother, but, you know, <laughs> but the truth, the truth of the matter is it's, it, you see a reflection of yourself, right? It's oh, not yeah. what I say, it's in what I do. Right. And that's what they really kind of look at. Right. You know, we actually had a uh, podcast that we called a monkey see monkey do. Oh. And, and you know, that's, that's what happens. The kids are going to mimic what they see you do. Not necessarily what you say, because especially if you talk about both sides of your mouth, Ooh. if you're not doing what you say you're supposed to be doing, then they're, they're going to mimic what you're doing. Wow. You How know? powerful is that? <laughs> so, but I've had to humble myself on many occasions with both of my children and say, uh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Uh, you know, there were times when I've gotten onto them and I was wrong when I got onto them. I jumped the gun or whatever. I think that's very powerful. You know, it shows a level of humidity, humility, and it shows a huge sense of selflessness that I'm going to set my pride aside, my position aside, humble myself before you and ask you for forgiveness because I did something I shouldn't have done. You know? What a lesson for a child to oh, yeah. see their dad humble himself and ask, you know, for forgiveness. Well, you think about it a lot. Wow. Of, a lot of times you hear the opposite. Like my dad was sure. never admit when he was wrong. Of course. You know, we got to get beyond that. <laughs> I make a lot of mistakes and uh, they'll let you know too. They'll remind you of it. <laughs> well, we got to remember we're products of our fathers. Oh yeah. So that, that stuff passes down. I tell you, I, I have the traits and I recognize them. But you know, the funny thing is, for instance, what I've learned in my, my life too, is it's not always the good that, that, uh, makes you a better man. It's the bad too, because it teaches you the father that you don't want to be. Mm. So, you know, for the guys that are there listening, you go, well, my father wasn't a very good father. Okay. I get it. But at the end of the day, you should be the father you've always wanted. Mm. You know, you know, what kind of father you wanted. Whether your father was that or not, you know what kind of father you wanted. Be that father. Be that father. You know, um, and, and understand that, you know, I think one of the greatest things, lessons I've learned as is, is I've gotten older and become a father myself is that, you know, my father wasn't nearly as bad as I thought he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he actually knew a few things and I should have listened better. You know right? I mean? Yep, they did. Yeah. They actually knew a few things. Yeah, so... You know, the, the other part too, we were talking about that, you know, when you look at being on the, you talked about uh, feeling alone and being on an island and, you know, men, we, we, we had another podcast. We talked about men die quietly. And a lot of times what we do is, is we, we get introverted and we suck within ourselves and we shrink. And that's what happens. A lot of men will disappear within themselves and that's how they get checked out. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you look at other statistics, which are quite alarming. I mean, 77% of suicides are men. Wow. And 77%. And the majority of them, they didn't tell anybody. They didn't talk about what was, what their issues were. So and, and the warning signs. Are yeah. So as men, I would just encourage you as, you know, as men, you need to be talking to other men, have conversation, you know, understand that you're not in this thing by yourself, that. There are other fathers out there that are struggling with the same things you're struggling with, trying to figure it out. And none of us have all the magic answers, right? None of us have the, 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 the magic pill that's going to make us the best father ever, you know? But what we can do is we can learn from each other, right? Right. We can communicate, and that's why it's so important to have men's groups and, 
in small groups to develop relationships with other men and, and go into the church and develop relationships there because you want to be surrounded by other men that have the same goals and values and, and beliefs and all those different things to surround you and to encourage you because this battle that you're in, it, it's, it is hard. It is tough and it makes it worse when you're doing it by yourself. You right. Know? And we think, well, I don't want to tell Fritz what's going on because he's going to think I'm a loser. No, Fritz is probably going to tell you, you know what, brother, <laughs> I did the same thing or I struggle with the same exact thing too. Yeah. You got to yeah. have a posse. Oh, I yeah. mean, you, you got to have a posse. You know, I tell you, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here to today without my brothers. Well, the other part too, is I had to learn too, as a young man, sometimes you got to go find yourself a father. Ooh. You know, I mean, my dad, my parents were divorced when I was four. And, you know, it wasn't much longer after that. My dad moved to Washington State. My mother lived in Massachusetts. So we were, we were like a world apart. And, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I met uh, basically my second father. He happened to be my girlfriend's dad, you know, and, and he poured into me and taught me about hard work and dedication and, you know, sacrifice and and all those different things that I didn't, I wasn't being taught at home by, by my mom because my, my mom didn't know about those things. She couldn't teach us. And I definitely wasn't going to take it. I wasn't going to accept it from her. Sure. That's the, that's the other thing too. And there are ladies that are listening, you know, it's, you got to understand sometimes young boys, we're not going to take it from my mamas. We're just not. And it's not because you're a bad mom. So if you're struggling right now with, with one of your teenage boys or whatever, and you're trying to figure out how to get through to him and why he won't, it, it, it's just boys innately just need to be mentored by other men. And sometimes we shut off. I know my mom raised me as a single mom and, you know, I love my mother and we had, you know, a really good relationship and all, but I wasn't drawn to her in that way. I needed to be drawn to another man that way. Sure. And I think it's a respect thing in a situation where, you know, you have to have somebody you have respect for that's going to pour into you. Not that I didn't respect my mother, but I didn't respect her as a man. Right. You know she, what I'm saying? She can't be one. She can't be one, right? And so there's a huge thing there. I mean, that people don't understand. It's like young boys need to have the res They want the respect of other men. You know what I mean? That's just innately in us. And, that, and that's what we're seeking. Yeah, we live for it. Acceptance, you know, belonging, you know, guidance, all those different things. Wow. Man. Um, gosh, I did want to get to some of your personal testimony. Might have to have you back for a part two. Yeah. This well, is uh, a deep subject. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is, is just uh, just a bit of advice for the ladies that are listening. Allow your husbands to be, to be fathers. You know, there's a reason why you're with them. You obviously love them and respect them. Let them be the father that they need to be to your, to your children. You know, sometimes that means you got to step back. I've had those conversations with my wife where I've had to tell her, hey, listen, I'm going to have a conversation here in about five minutes. I need you to not be involved. Allow me to speak into my son in a way that a man, only a man can. And, right. you know, and, you know, that it comes down to trust. You've got to trust and know that he's going to make the right decisions because he wants what's best for you and your children. You know, that's powerful. You know, it's that just, is powerful. 
Well, guys, uh, I really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, uh, and I appreciate John coming in and and talking about men and some really uh, good, solid advice there uh, for families and and men and and just um, John, what are your what are your closing thoughts for uh, for the men that are listening tonight? Well, I think the biggest thing is is it, it's about being intentional. You know, yeah, we've amen. got to be intentional as men. It's work. Understand it's going to be work. And you know what? Sometimes it's not rewarding. You're not going to see the reward manifest immediately. It takes time. And you're planting seeds and you're pushing against, you know, resistance and all these different things. But that's why we're called to be fathers. That's why we're called to be men. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about selflessness. There's going to be a time when you can step back and wipe the sweat off your brow and go, okay, whew, I'm done. But when you're in it, you've got to be in it 100%. And you got to trust in God. You know, Amen. God, if you want to know what it is to be a father, just look to the word and look at God. God is the greatest example of the father that you could possibly <laughs> have. And one of the greatest acts of love is selflessness. And we saw that through Christ on the cross. I mean, God gave everything. And as a father, we have to be willing to give and to do everything and anything we can to be able to make sure that our sons and our daughters are brought up in, in a way that's going to be pleasing to him. And you know what? That's going to be a fight. So you got to yep. put on your big boy yep. pants and be ready to, because it, it's coming. That's why the word tells us put on the full armor of God Amen. because the enemy's coming. It's not if it's when it's when and how often pretty frequently. So <laughs> I just want to encourage you just to, to stay grounded in God's word, to stay, be intentional, and just continue to be persistent because at the end of the day, that's what we're called to do as men. Say it, Johnny. Because at the end of the day, that's where the rubber meets the road. There you go. That's what I was looking. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Thank you, sir. I, that's putting the period on on the sentence right there. So, well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, drop us a line: GodStoriesRadio at gmail dot com. If you want to be a guest, it's GodStoriesRadio Tina at gmail dot com. She does the booking. We'd love to have you in the studio, like John came, or you can call in as well. So either way, we want your testimony or God's story. That's what we are, God Stories Radio. And we love each and every one of you. And um, I'm only going to say it because it's Giving Tuesday. You know, we have a little button on our website there, GodStoriesRadio.com. And if God pricks your heart to put some change in the jar, every little bit helps. We appreciate that so much. Well, that about wraps it up for session 321 with me and John Durham. And uh, we love you and appreciate you. We'll see you. God bless. <laughs>